Welcome to the Bookkeeper's Voice, an informative and entertaining podcast for bookkeepers who love small business. Each week, Amy Hook explores new ideas and shares real-life stories along with inspiring guests from both inside and outside the bookkeeping industry. Every episode will leave you with a fresh perspective along with industry-specific tips and insights to help your business and your clients' businesses thrive. Happy Friday, everyone. This is Angie from Team Savvy again uh, for the Bookkeeper's Voice. And I'm joined by Maya. Hi, Maya. Hello. Hello. So you are like one of the top masterminds of the Savvy team. I absolutely love working with you and have super enjoyed this like automation series that we've been doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's it makes me happy. Yeah, it makes me happy. Also, <laughs> it's nice that you're not doing the podcast on your own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, doing the social media one, I really got lonely. <laughs> um, I was actually thinking that we would finish up this series, the two of us, with this episode, but I thought it would be good maybe to add one extra automation chat because today we're going to be chatting about how to actually win some deals. It's going to be some top t- tricks from myself to help you guys win your leads um Mm -hmm. but i was thinking after you win a deal there's still a lot of automation that happens afterwards yeah yeah definitely and like not just automation but like processes and stuff so what a little bit of organization goes a long way yeah, so what I might do is create maybe another episode or two about what happens after you close the deal because I know a lot of our clients always kind of chat about like the engagement process and you know once it's actually signed what what onboarding. Yeah, onboarding is a big thing. So what we might do guys is possibly do a little break and maybe get a guest speaker in for next week's episode and then we might just go into onboarding so once the deal has been closed what what do you reckon yeah sounds great yeah i think that would be really great because that's always that's one of the number one questions i think we get is onboarding Mm. everybody wants to work on their own yeah it's like it's kind of like the top candy in the candy bar for bookkeepers yeah yeah. But as exciting as onboarding is, there's a lot of other stuff that you need to work on first before you work on your onboarding. Because there's no point in working on your onboarding if you're not making sales. Agreed. Which is why I wanted to do this episode today. So basically what I've done, guys, is I've created, I've written down 11 ways you can win your bookkeeping deals and your follow-ups. So Um, It's going to be going through, it's going to be a bit of a shorter episode today, just to kind of go through and really pinpoint some ways that you might be falling a bit short and why you're not closing your deals and just kind of giving you some hot tips and words of wisdom from someone who's been making sales. You know, I always say that I've been doing sales since I was 16, but I technically created my first business when I was 12. And was making sales then. I know, I was insane. And I was actually talking to my mom the other day and she's like, oh, the 12 year old isn't like the 12 isn't 
the right age because I was also one of those kids that I don't know if they do it in Australia so much, but um, we did a lot of like fundraising at my public school, my pri like my primary school. And I was always the one who brought in the most fundraising because I followed up. I didn't even think about it. I was one of those kids. I always had, if I didn't have the most fundraising, I would be super disappointed. I was terrible at fundraising as a kid. Yeah, I, I was <laughs> we did do it as well. Yeah, um, and you would get like prizes for however yes. much. Uh, you, yeah, and I don't. I think some one time I managed to get the lowest one, which was a skip in the road. I was terrible at it. I loved it. I, I was one of those people. Like I would. I was a serious thing. I'd go into my dad's work. I'd go around the neighborhood, and I'd be like you want to give me the $2. Like, this is amazing. This is for a good cause. And I had my sales skew. Like, I think I started to do it when I was six. I think they start to do it in Canada when you're like six or seven. Amazing. Yeah. So she brought up on how like I've been doing that and I've been really good at it since I was quite a young kid. And I learned very easy on the smile aspect as well of, you know, everyone was like, oh, you're always smiling. Of course I'll give you some money for this. <laughs> it, it worked. So, you know, let's, let's say we're going to do some words of wisdom from someone who's been selling since they were six. Whereas when I was six, I uh, was organizing all my books to be in alphabetical order and stuff <laughs> like that. Which is why you were the king and queen. She says a lot about what each of us are good at. <laughs> yes, I love it. So my first tip for winning your bookkeeping sales is making consistency your superpower. A lot of the reason why bookkeepers don't make sales is because you aren't consistent at following up and actually focusing on making sales. And that is mainly because you just don't have the time because you're busy doing bookkeeping, which is completely understandable. But you can't have inconsistent sales focus. Your sales always need to be a focus every single month. I don't care if it's past month or end of financial year, you still have to have that constant focus on sales. Whether you dedicate a certain, like an hour to sales a day or a day in a week to sales. And I'm talking about like just making sure that you're following up and having that consistent mindset of what is happening right now in my lead, in my piped line, what's happening. Do I have anything where people can actually get, come and actually inquire to work with me? Having that consistency is really, really important. And that goes across also doing, you know, your digital marketing with social media. If you aren't consistent, you actually get penalized by the platforms. So the more consistent you are, the better it is for your business. The next step, the next tip I want to do is keep at it until you get a response. And I actually stole that wording from you, Maya, from the other episode that we did. Either you either get a yes or a no. If you get a no, don't take it personally, but get a yes or a no or mm. At the same time, though, you need to know when to stop. Yeah, you can get them maybe later. Yes. As well. Yes. 
So that's also very, very important. But again, like you said, if someone doesn't want to talk to you, they will unsubscribe and they will tell you. So don't just assume because you've sent four emails and no one's gotten back to you that they are saying no. Wait until they actually say no. Super important. My third tip is consider every no as one step closer to a yes. And I think this is the biggest thing when it comes to business owners doing their own sales. Um, I think it can be a very personal jab when people say no to your service. It's you basically laying it all out there, saying how amazing you are, and then someone pushing you down and saying, no, I don't want to work with you. Don't think of it like that. Think of it as always asking them why they're saying no and then learning from it. That's one of the best things you can do. It's, and, and that, that's kind of like almost with everything. It's almost, again, last episode I was talking about don't try and go for a closed deal in the first contact because it's like asking someone to marry right away. Even in dating life, let's say, if someone, if you break up with someone or somebody breaks up with you, you learn from that experience. And then mm, the next time, yeah, definitely. Um, I know I've definitely learned from each one. Um, you, well, you hope you learn. Yeah. But it's the same with sales. Learn from why that one didn't work out and then take it on to the next. And sometimes I know that's really hard because, again, it can be kind of a personal feeling deflated. But sales isn't personal. That's, take it as constructive criticism. Yes. yes. And then just take it on, brush it off and then go, okay, so this is what I'm going to change next. Change next. Let's do this. I also think like maybe they say no because you're not a good fit and then that's fine. Yeah. Maybe you really wanted them to say yes because you thought they were an excellent fit, but something in the process just didn't work. That's yeah. when you change something to try and fix that situation and then you try again. And then yeah. you just pick a little bit and you try again and eventually you'll find the sweet spot. Yeah. And that's, you know, every salesperson does that on a consistent basis. Like I go through almost every week and go, what can I do better? Because there's never, it's kind of like bookkeeping. There is never a point where you know everything. There's mm -hmm. never a point where the learning is done, which I think we all were reminded this year when JobKeeper and everything came out, that bookkeeping, there is never a time to stop learning. Um, but yeah, you just kind of go through. Number four for my tips is timing is everything. And this is something that is super important. And, you know, I know everyone has these issues do not leave a potential lead for like a month and then contact them and then feel hurt that they've gone with someone else because you haven't contacted them. <laughs> you need, it's, that is actually why triggers and automations are really important because they can help you make sure that they are contacting you. You, they're getting contact from you right away. 
It's the worst yeah, thing. Yeah, it's not like not contacting them for a month is not not contacting them personally. Yes. Like them well, getting emails from your automations counts as yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying that let's say someone has inquired on your website to get a quote or they want to work And they don't you. hear anything from yeah. you. Yeah, that is. They're going to go with somebody else. It's a really bad first impression mm. and it gets them a bit jaded thinking that they aren't important enough for, for you to contact them back. And yeah, you don't care. Yeah, yeah. So if you at care, least, follow. Yeah, at oh. least have the automation set up so that they get that constant contact right away. Mm -hmm. It's so important. Um, and typically, I actually think from my chats with a lot of our clients is timing is the main issue. It's, it's the not wanting to do the sales calls is one issue, but timing is the second issue that we have a lot in this industry is that because you're so busy, you, and you have no follow-up process created, you forget to contact them. And follow up with them um, that can be a really big thing so you want to make sure that you have it put in place so that you can always contact who's ever inquired with you or tried to contact you as soon as you possibly can again while also having those delays so that you're not hounding them because that's yes. also really important with timing. I hate it when I sign up to something that I'm looking at doing and then I get bombarded for like the next five days. Yes. Oh yeah. It happened to me recently as well. It was like, look, I'm interested, but I'm not interested right now, but I keep getting these emails every single day. Send me what, like one a week. So I to remember honest, who you are, but if that happens, it makes me not want to work with them. It gives I think I did out. actually unsubscribe. Yeah. It's actually like that timing is also super important. It's super annoying if you hound them. And that's also calling them every day. Let's say you've sent them a proposal and then you start calling them every single day for a week. I am not going to want to work with you if you're going to hound me like that. Because if you're doing that to get the sale, how much are you going to hound me? To do my bookkeeping and yeah you've you've got like we've just talked about two completely different extremes you've got yeah. not contacting at all which shows that you don't care or yeah. you know it doesn't necessarily it, it looks like to it looks them bad that you don't care yeah um and then the alternative or like the other extreme is to hound them yeah. which just makes it look like you're desperate yeah so <laughs> people don't want to work with either of those Yes, the timing is everything. Figuring out your sweet spot for the timing with your own clients, because every client is a bit different. Um, depending on what kind of clients you're working with, sometimes if you're dealing with a lot of like family businesses, they're usually slower to do things than you know more corporate businesses. And then not-for-profits are also really slow to do things because they have to get the whole committee to agree on something. So you need to know your ideal client and learn their sweet spots because timing is everything. Number five is be present without being stocky. Don't show that you're stalking potential clients. Like just so everyone can't. Yes. Just so everyone knows, I do a little stocking before I typically call someone. 
And that is every time I call someone wasabi. And I do that not to be stocky and creepy, I promise. I do that so that I have an, as much information as possible to prepare me for my call with you because I want to help you right away. But don't do it to the point that you look super creepy because again, that will turn people off, guys. <laughs> There's ways to go through and follow the businesses go through, go through the business and just kind of understand their social medias, you know, go on and check out their website, but don't then send them an email and be like, Oh, I was reading this and this and this, and that's super interesting. You should do this. I still always ask, even though I might know a lot about your business, I always ask if it's the first call, I still ask you to explain your business how it came about, tell me about yourself, even if I already know a bit about your business. That way I can just confirm and then have really great chats with you because I already knew that a little bit about you. Yeah, and you can already have follow-up questions prepared because you know what they're gonna say. Exactly, I do that all the time. And again, it just Sneaky. helps me <laughs> understand you guys more. Um, it's really handy, but don't do it in a way that you look super super creepy guys because again especially with bookkeepers because it is such a personal thing if you make them uncomfortable before they even start working with you that's not great <laughs> it's not a great starting point number six and this has basically been the whole point of the series is use follow-up reminders i have a horrible memory i put so much information in my brain that for me to remember to call someone is nearly impossible. I even have to put reminders for me to see my own friends in my phone because I will forget. I'll remember it's on the day, but when, where, who, nah, that's not. Everybody do that. <laughs> yeah. No, no, everyone does that. I was talking to one of my friends and they're like, I just know. Mm, but but you don't have to just, yes. it's so much easier take to out, put a reminder. Yeah, like you always say, take out the information you don't necessarily have to have in your head. Exactly. And put it somewhere else. Like, yeah, you might remember to follow up with them, but you don't have to remember to follow up with them if something else can tell you when exactly. you need to do it. Exactly, and it's so easy to do. Have the email follow-up set up through your CRM or whatever platform you're using so that it can email you and notify to call that person. And this is again for follow-ups for people who already have clients to check in on them, not just for sales. Number six is use different mediums. I know in this series we have been heavily focusing on email campaigns because that's the easiest way of creating the automations through it. But there's other ways of contacting people and engaging with people. The one and the easiest for automations to streamline your processes is the email marketing. Number two is actually picking up the phone and calling. Great way of connecting. Number three, connecting via social media. A lot of businesses now, and you def if anyone's listening, 
to us right now and you haven't set up a social media after I did like a month and a half of education on how important it is to have a bookkeeping social media presence, please do it this week, guys. But the reason why it's so important is because you can connect your business with their business and start following them there and commenting on things and having chats. It's a great way of connecting on a different level. The other way of doing it is like what I mentioned, I think in last episode, where offer Zoom meetings. If you can't meet in person, you can meet in a Zoom meeting and do meetings there. It's a great way of doing it. So don't forget that there are other mediums out there that you can have different points of contact, which is great. And lately you've actually been having a fun point of contact. You've, this week you've been doing a couple um, social media engagement oh, yeah. follow-ups and you've been loving it, haven't you? It's been fun, yeah. Yeah. And the, it, yesterday you were telling me about how um, you were just thanking someone for joining, for joining us on Instagram. And then you started to have a chat with them because you actually realized the Instagram account is one of our clients, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I would have had no idea, but you were really into it and going through and you guys I recognized the yeah, business name. Yeah. So it's just a, that is a like perfect example of connecting with clients and you know we do it all the time a lot of people follow our savvy instagram account and then they follow our off the hook instagram account and mm -hmm. the other week i think it was last week um someone started to talk to us on the savvy bookkeeper account and they actually needed help with their bookkeeping so in that account i was like oh hey actually please go to this account so we can chat through you there so I can send you more information that's relevant for you. She did right immediately, went to the other account, sent a message like a, a DM and we had a chat there and I sent the links all through there for her. And it's a great way to have that connection. Again, it wasn't through email, it wasn't through phone, it was through social media. So it works really, really well. Mm. Number eight, keep follow-ups short, sweet, and specific. This is super important. And this is one of the things I work really hard at doing. Well, we all actually work really hard at doing with the email marketing that we do. We go through, I'll create it. And if I'm having trouble shortening it, that's when you come in and you're like, what if we do this? What if we do that? A lot of follow-ups are being looked at on your phone. You don't want to have to scroll like four scrolls down guys to get the gist of the follow-up. Keep it short, sweet, and to the point. It makes a lot more to get actually done and it shows that you value your contacts time. If they're up for a chat and you're making a phone call, then let them have a chat with you. But always get to the point of why you're actually like contacting them either with email or anything like that. Number nine is help your lead move forward with call to actions. This is super important in automations. You should always be able to lead them to the next step or stage. Yeah. 
this is really important. And this is something that we work on really heavily. And I, we've both been kind of working on lately with off the hook is we are trying to automate the process. So it's still really personalized, but makes it so that they immediately know what their next step is. Mm -hmm. Just because we have a very specific ideal client for the business. So in it, you want to help them go through the sales journey. And you, it's very easy to do in emails, to be honest. Um, it's clicking the link, like putting the links in there to help them do the next step of everything. Um, it, it, it's, yeah, I can't underestimate, like it's so important and it's so easy to do. So you can do this by, you know, the first contact for the bookkeeping, you know, an inquiry, whether it's a quote or they want to contact you is you have them book in to do the initial consult. You do the initial consult and then let's say you make them a requirement to do a health check to actually see what is behind the curtain. Do a link to book in the health check. And then when you send the proposal, make sure there's a link where you say, review this proposal and sign when you're ready. Again, they know what the exact call to action is. The same thing you can do on the phone. So I usually, after I have a phone call with you guys, I always send a follow-up email. This might have resources for you to review. It might have a proposal for you to review or a product or a blog to read or anything like that. That is your next step. And so I send it directly to you so you can have it. That way you don't have to search for it. You don't have to find it yourself. I'm handing it to you. And that's what you want to do for your leads. Because again, they're busy business owners and they don't have time to go through your entire website to find that one blog you were telling them about. Number 10, and this is super important. Have, add a bit of fun and show your personality. Everyone still has this like preconception and concept that bookkeepers are boring people. But over the last year of working with you guys, I would 100% say that is super incorrect. Every bookkeeper that we have spoken with and worked with at Savvy have such amazing personalities and you guys are so different. You always, you know, and that's one of the things that we always say, you know, make sure you do your business plan because none of you are the same. And it's because of you, you know, like we work really hard to show our personalities. I think everyone knows that I'm super outgoing I chat a lot and, you know, Maya, you're super funny, but you're a bit more <laughs> reserved and a bit, you know, you don't love doing podcasts, let's say by yourself. Yeah. Um, don't, don't love that. Yeah, don't love that. But we make a big effort of showing who we are. We don't get super personal, but we make an effort of showing who we are and we do it even in our emails as well. It lets people connect with you. So it's super important. That's actually one of like that in your timing is everything is one of the most important tips I have for you. Show that you're a person. Mm. Yeah. Like um, if you're sending an email and your natural way of speaking is 
you know, for me, it's pretty laid back and relaxed. Um, Angie's is a little bit more excited. Yes, I use a lot of exclamation marks because... I actually use a lot of exclamation marks in my emails as well, but um, I also like don't use very good grammar in my emails sometimes because <laughs> I'm just like, oh, and then this and this. I basically type how I would say it if I was talking to them on the phone. Yes. So like I think a lot of people um, think that they need to be really professional all the time and you don't. Like obviously you're not gonna you're not gonna swear or anything, but um, you still are very professional. Like I like yeah. to have a very professional persona. Like I, to do this podcast, I'm wearing a blazer. <laughs> no, you're not. But at the same time, we're still showing our personality. Hmm. So you can have both. And typically it works better if you show your personality. Yeah. And if I, if I send an email to someone that I've never emailed before, I'll make it a bit more formal. But then if they reply... And like, based on how they respond, my next email could just be all me and no formal. Yes. Depending on like, you can gauge some people prefer the formal, Mm -hmm. some people prefer being who they are. Yeah. And it's, it's one of the things that we have clients that we do that same thing with. Like we have some clients that are super outgoing don't take life too serious, are very serious about their business, Mm -hmm. but just do it in a different way. And then we have other ones that are more reserved. It's not, you know, all exclamation marks and crazy smiley faces, and that's fine, but we still get our personality across no matter what. And it really helps. And it, you know, even just from looking at engagement on our iHeart um, bookkeeping, you can see our personalities there as well in how we reply and talk to our clients. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really important and it helps you just feel more part of a community, which is also really, really important when you're a bookkeeper. Number 11, now I kind of did a sneaky lead into this in the very beginning of this episode but number 11 is remember to smile this is so important guys whether you're writing an email or leaving a message on the phone or anything remember to smile it helps to change so much and it helps to get it across that you're excited about possibly working with this person. Now, sometimes it's hard to remember to smile when you're writing an email, especially when you're doing marketing emails, but there is a difference when you smile. So you're, you're, while you're typing, you smile? Yes, I smile and I'm like, and some of the ones, so one of our ones for the podcast, let's say you sign up to be a member of our podcast so you get emails of our podcast every week when I was writing that follow-up series, I wrote it first and then I went through it and I was like, oh, that doesn't sound like savvy or the bookkeeper's voice at all. And I was actually having not a bad day, but like a down day. It was rainy outside. I didn't have that much energy that day. 
So I came at it the next day and I remembered to actually smile and be like, these people are signing up the podcast. That is awesome. Like we love doing this podcast for you guys. And so I put a smile on my face and I rewrote the email series and it came across so much more welcoming than the first one did. The other one was fine. Like I had all the exact same content, but the different way that my brain had it come out was so much more engaging and exciting than when I was sitting very straight faced at the computer. And it's one of those things that, you know, when you smile, you actually like your serotonin and actual chemicals change in your brain. So one of those things is like when we do these podcasts, just to kind of open the curtain for you guys, typically when we do these podcasts, we do them an hour after we start working for the day. That means we are both doing a mad dash to get as much as possible done before these podcast recordings. So typically we're not doing a heck of a lot of smiling before the podcast. It's usually, oh my gosh, need to get this done, need to get that done. Stress. Uh, this happened, I got this email. Oh, what do we do about this? Uh. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy. But when we go on the podcast, we actually do it in Zoom so we can see each other and we smile and have fun and talk. And that comes across when you are, I realized um, it was a couple episodes in to the social media when I, when I was by myself. I didn't smile as much because again, I was talking to myself and listening back, I actually heard a difference in the podcast than in ones that I smile. So much better having somebody else here. Yeah, it's so much easier. Um, but it's one of those things you can actually hear it in your voice, in the tone, in your writing, in everything. It's incredible. So remember to smile guys, because that will make people want to work with you. It's the same when you meet someone, if you meet someone, you shake their hand and they just kind of nod in your direction. It's a heck of a lot different if they're smiling and super welcome. So those are my 11 tips to closing sales. A lot of tips. It is a lot of tips. I wanted to give as much information as I could. Um, but do you have any other tips that you want to do? No, I think you've covered yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah, I have. I know. <laughs> um, I hope this helps you guys because I know sales are, are really scary. Sales, just like automation sometimes can be very scary. Um, so it's kind of my mission over the next little while to make it a lot more welcoming and straightforward for you guys. So now that we've done kind of the sales process to win the deal, now we'll go through and make the process just that much easier on doing the onboarding, mm -hmm. which I'm pretty excited about. So make sure you tune in next week because I am hoping to have a guest speaker. You won't know who it is yet, but I am um, kind of working at something behind the scenes. And then the week after that, we will get right into onboarding. Exciting.
Awesome. Oh, very exciting. Yes. Thank you for joining me today, Maya. I know it wasn't too much up your alley, but it was nice to be able to have a conversation with someone. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um, so as always, guys, please feel free to join us on the iHeart Payroll and iHeart Bookkeeping. Make sure you answer the questions on the Facebook questionnaire before actually sits doing like submitting to request to join the group. We can't, we can't actually admit you until you answer the questions. So please feel free to join us. We'd love to have you a part of the community. And as always, Maya, do you want to close it off? Stay safe, stay sane and stay savvy. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Bookkeeper's Voice. We'll be back next week, so subscribe to future episode notifications. Do you want to be more efficient? Get instant access to our free template of the month. Visit thesavvybookkeeper.com.au slash freebie. Would you love to connect with other savvy bookkeepers to get support and ideas? Join the Savvy Bookkeeper Facebook group. Do you need help with pricing, marketing, web design or business planning? Visit thesavvybookkeeper.com.au to see our services. Until next time, stay savvy.